Hebrews chapter 10, and I want to just look at the last verses here, beginning at verse 32 and reading on through the end of the chapter. Beginning at verse 32, But call to remembrance the former days, in which after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used. For he had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while... And he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. In particular, I want you to notice verse 36. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Today I want us to look at what the Scripture says here about patience, or that word endurance. Endurance. If there's any day in which endurance is needed, it is today. We need to have an enduring faith an enduring faith. And what is an enduring faith? As we've noticed throughout the book of Hebrews, we see this theme of being faithful. Hold fast to the profession. Hold fast to the confidence. Hold fast to the end. Be faithful. Be faithful. And this has been the theme through the book. But as we come here to the end of this chapter, The just shall live by faith, an enduring faith. Do you have an enduring faith? And how do you know if you do? You know, you've ever experienced this where you've shared the gospel with someone and maybe they seem to be eager to receive it. And then maybe you set up a time, you want to disciple them, you want to meet with them and so maybe you schedule an appointment, you invite them to church, and, and maybe the next Sunday you go by to pick them up or you encourage them to come, and they, they don't show up. And you're like, well, where are they? And then you try to get hold of them, and then you, know, you finally contact them, and they make excuses for why they didn't come, and, and you're kind of left there wondering, well, wait a minute. I thought I shared the gospel with them. They prayed a prayer. I, you know, I thought they were... Genuine and sincere, and then they drop off the face of the earth. And of course, we looked at that passage in Matthew where Jesus talks about the different types of soils and how there's the rocky soil, the stony soil, there's the wayside, there's the seed that grows up and where the thorns choke it, and then there's that good soil upon which the seed falls and brings forth fruit. But we notice 
that really the seed that falls into the good soil, that good soil is really a minority. And how often do people fall away? They fall away. Don't come back. We wonder, well, what's going on? Did they truly believe? You know, anyone can pray a prayer. Okay? But salvation and saving faith is not a one-time experience. Saving faith is a faith that endures to the end. And the scriptures make this abundantly clear. And so today I want to talk to you about really an enduring faith and the need for an enduring faith. Verse 36, ye have need of patience. And again, that word patience is the same word. It's interpreted or translated endurance. So when you think of this word patience, you think of the word endurance. For ye have need of endurance that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Now this verse, I'm not going to look into, there's so much here and so much that's actually even implied in this verse, but I want you to notice that endurance is necessary for obedience, and obedience is the outworking of saving faith. You say, where do you get that out of this verse? This verse says, you have need of endurance or patience that after ye have what? Done the will of God. That, my my friends, is obedience. Doing the will of God is obedience. Endurance is necessary to do the will of God. It's necessary for obedience. If you do not have endurance, you are not going to be obedient. And what is obedience? It is the evidence of faith. Show me your faith. How can you demonstrate faith? There is only one way to demonstrate faith. It's not by singing about it. It's not by saying, I've got faith. I've got faith. You know, you got faith. I got faith. But I got more. Okay, no. How is faith demonstrated? Through obedience. Endurance is necessary for obedience, which is the outworking of saving faith. And then this verse, in verse 36, it says that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. The reward always comes when? Before obedience? No. The reward comes after obedience. Okay? When you run a race, everybody lines up at the starting line. Right before the guy, you know, fires off the starter's pistol, the judge walks out and says, all right, here's your ribbon. Here's your ribbon. Here's first place for you. Here's second place, third place for you. And here's a participation trophy for the rest of you. So you don't feel so bad. Is that the way it goes? No, the rewards are not given before the race begins. That would be ludicrous. No, after you have done the will of God, might receive the promise. The reward always comes after obedience. Now, promise in this verse is a key term, and specifically, 
it refers to the forgiveness of sins as manifest or as revealed in the new covenant. But it really is talking about complete salvation in Christ. Our hope, the promise of eternal life. You know, enduring faith, enduring faith lasts until the end. You have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Keep your finger in Hebrews chapter 10. I want you to turn back and look with me at Hebrews chapter 6. In Hebrews chapter 6, in verses 11 and 12, here the writer is encouraging them. He's just said, We are persuaded better things of you, things that accompany salvation. Verse 11, we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and what? Patience, endurance, who through faith and endurance inherit the promises. Be faithful to the end. The enduring faith is one that holds on and goes the distance and goes to the end. You know, a lot of times we see Christians who fall into one of two categories. They're like the tortoise and there are others that are like the hare. And, you know, some, oh, yeah, all gung-ho. I, we've had, I'm always afraid of this kind of person. And I've seen them before. We had people come to the church. First Sunday they come after me. Oh, they greet me. Oh, this is the most wonderful. And they just gush. Almost makes you kind of think, are you okay? And they wonder, oh, oh, how wonderful everything is. This is the best church in the world. They're so glad they found this. And then all of a sudden, poof, they didn't show up the next Sunday. Call him up, try to visit him, and never see him again. I'm like, what was that all about? Who was that? Then you know what? Then you got the other people. There's people that are like the tortoise. And of course, you guys know the fable, the tortoise and the hare. They were going to have a race. The tortoise, bra- I mean, the rabbit, that's a hare. The, the rabbit's bragging about how fast he was. He could win a race. And, the, and so the, the tortoise and the hare started at the starting line, and they take off on this race. And the rabbit, the hare just, pew, he's gone in a, in a flash. It's just a cloud of dust before the tortoise even gets his first foot over the start line. And there goes that tortoise. Slowly, one foot at a time, plodding along. By and by, down the lane, the rabbit, as he's racing, he looks over and he sees some flowers. And he, oh, ah, I got plenty of time. <laughs> Tortoise never. He runs off and he dilly dallies over here and he gets over here. And, and of course, the end of the story, what happens is that where's the rabbit? He got distracted. And the tortoise wins the race because he just kept going. Now, I hope that your speed in your Christian life may be a little bit faster than the tortoise, but I hope that your faith and your endurance is like the tortoise. 
It's constant, it's faithful, and it goes the distance to the end. And this is what here the writer is encouraging these people. We desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Don't be slothful. Don't be sluggish in your hearing. But be faithful to the end. And of course, we see the example of Abraham given there. In verse 15, God, you know, God gave a promise to Abraham. It says, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. What promise was that? The promise that God was going to make of him a great nation, that he was going to give him a son. And it didn't happen right away, did it? You remember, God gave that promise to Abraham. And then years went by. And more years. And Abraham began to look at his watch. Looked at his calendar. Looked at his driver's license and lo, lo and behold, I'm a senior citizen. I'm elderly. I mean, he was a president of, you know, the uh, <clears throat> retired folks <laughs> association, the ARP. There you go. I don't even know what it is. I'm not old enough. But, you know, Abraham's getting old. And fine, it's past time. Sarah? up to 90 years old. There's no way she doesn't have any children. She's past bearing. What did God do? God's promise was true. And after Abraham had faithfully and patiently endured, that doesn't mean Abraham was without fault. Yes, he had his faults. And there were times that he did not act in faith. But he endured and he did inherit the promise. He obtained the promise after after he had patiently endured. Faith requires endurance. Faith requires endurance. And Scripture makes this abundantly clear. And I want to talk to you about that today as we look at several different passages in Scripture. We'll be turning to several. But I want you to take note of what the Scripture has to say. In Matthew, Matthew chapter 10... Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22. He's speaking of the end. He's speaking of the end times. He's prophesying, telling about the persecution that is coming. He says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. He says the same thing in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 13. Matthew chapter 24, verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Those who are truly saved, what? Their faith endures. It endures to the end. It says the same thing in Mark chapter 13 and verse 13. But I want us to look at the passage in Romans. Romans chapter 8. And in Romans 8, verses 24 and 25, For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. When we, see, we think of that word hope, and what he is talking about is not what we think of as hope, not wishful thinking. 
the definition of this word is confident expectation. It's translated hope, but it could be faith. It is a confident expectation. We are saved by hope. We are saved by faith. But hope that is seen is not hope. It's sight. You got a contrast here between faith and sight. We don't have faith if we have sight. We don't hope for something that we can see. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Then do we with patience or endurance wait for it. That verse, verse 25, could be plugged into Hebrews 11. And as we go through Hebrews 11, you're going to see this. If we hope for that we see not. What did he say in Hebrews chapter 11 when he's talking about these people who walked by faith? So these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. That's that confident expectation. Embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. All of these people in Hebrews 11 who had enduring faith. But not only that, faith requires endurance. But where does this endurance come from? How do you build up endurance? You know, if you're going to run a race, if you're going to you know, last into the fourth quarter of a football game, if you're going to make it through the fourth quarter of a basketball game, if you're going to make it to the end, uh, you need endurance. And how are you going to get endurance? You're going to get endurance by punishing your body. You don't just wake up and decide, I think today I'll run the New York Marathon. I think it's today, and there's a pretty nice cash prize up there if I win. So I think I'll just go out there and run and win a million bucks. And that's not how it works. Because he that runs in a race has to be tempered in all things, and he has to bring his body under a regimen of discipline, which is extremely painful and demanding so that he can do what? So that he can have endurance and finish the race. Trials produce endurance. In Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, or tribulation trials bring about endurance. And endurance experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. James, the very book that comes right, the book comes right after Hebrews, James chapter one, so familiar with these verses, verses three and four, knowing this, he says, Brethren, count it all joy, verse two, when you fall into diverse temptations, when you come across all these trying tests. Be full of joy because you know this, the trying of your faith worketh patience or brings about endurance. But let endurance or patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Where does endurance come from? It comes from trials. It comes from tribulations. It comes from tests. 
Endurance is not coming around, sitting in front of the TV, eating Frito-Lays and drinking Coke. You're not getting an endurance that way, okay? Physical endurance comes from exercise, which is painful. Spiritual endurance comes from trials, which are painful. They may not be physically painful, but they can be very emotionally distressing. Trials produce patience. And of course, endurance comes from divine power. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 5, Romans 15 and verse 5 says this, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. The God of patience? The God of endurance? Interesting title. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11. Paul is praying for these believers that they might be strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. And to all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Where does this strength come from? Folks, the enduring faith comes from the power of God. It doesn't come from you pumping iron. It doesn't come from you lifting weights and running and exercising. This is spiritual power. This is spiritual endurance, and it comes from God. And we find in Scripture that the Word of God is essential to our endurance. The Word of God. You want to run a marathon? You got to have a proper diet. I don't know what that looks like. Unless it has Diet Coke in it. All right? A proper diet. And so for the Christian, spiritual endurance requires what? It requires a consistent and steady diet of the Word of God. The Word of God is absolutely essential to endurance. Luke Chapter 8 and verse 15. Luke 8, 15. But that, this is that parable about the soils, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with endurance. The Word, the Word of God is essential for endurance. And also, the passage we just looked at in Romans. Romans 15, again in verse 4. Actually, that was, we looked at Romans 8. This is Romans 5. And Romans 15 in verse 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, what's he speaking of? Paul's there speaking about the Old Testament writings. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. The Scriptures are there to help us develop endurance. We read about the Old Testament prophets. We read about the Old Testament patriarchs, how Abraham endured. What is Hebrews 11? It's a list of Old Testament people who endured to the end. And what does Hebrews 11 do? It encourages us to do the same. 
hey, if, if they did it, so can I. The Word of God is essential to endurance. And as we read the Word and as we study it, we find that the endurance of others encourages us. It encourages our endurance, doesn't it? When you read about Abraham, doesn't that encourage you to stay the course? When you read about Moses, doesn't that encourage you to stay the course? Daniel in the lion's den, the three Hebrew children. Oh, yeah, you read about these people, and it's encouraging. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 6, 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 6 says, And whether we be afflicted, Paul speaking of his own testimony, his own afflictions, his own trials and tests that were building up his own endurance, he says, And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Aha. So what did Paul say? Look at my example. Paul says, one of the reasons I'm suffering, because some of you are going to suffer the same things. And as you see God working in me and bringing me through these things with patience and endurance, he'll do the same for you. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 10. <clears throat> Paul's encouraging Timothy. Talks about his suffering bonds. In verse 10 he says, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sakes, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal Glory. Ha. Paul says, hey, I'm enduring these things for you. You are going to face the same trials, and you can watch my example and be encouraged. Enduring faith encourages others through our endurance. Endurance is a characteristic of God's ministers. Not just of pastors or just of missionaries or apostles, but in every one of us. But in, in particular, we see the testimony of God's ministers. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says this in verse 4. He says, "...but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience or endurance." In afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. He goes on, in stripes and imprisonments, in tumults and labors, in watchings and fastings. There it is. What, how was Paul approved as a minister of God? By the suffering which he endured. He didn't quit. And I think that's one of the things that bothered Paul most about John Mark on the first missionary journey. Remember later on when Paul and Barnabas were going to go out and Barnabas says, hey, let's talk, take John Mark again. Paul says, no, he quit. He didn't have endurance. What kind of a testimony is that to the people we're ministering to? That won't be encouraging. 
I'm sure this was probably what Paul was thinking. Of course, the story takes a whole other turn. God does and, and, and does use John Mark. John Mark comes around, and Paul even says later on that he was profitable. But I can see Paul struggling with that. Hey, we are approved. Approved as the ministers of God through endurance. I heard a pastor say, you know, a lot of people can fake they try to fake their Christianity. They can sing the songs. They can dress the dress. They can talk the talk. They can try to walk the walk. But there's one thing you cannot fake, and that's enduring faith. And fakes always fall away at some point or another. You look at the parable of the soil, and all those seeds that went into the different types of ground. Even though they sprung up and it, oh, look, a new plant. What happened in the thorn? Boom, choked out, dead. What happened in the stony ground? It sprung up right away. Oh, what happened? No depth of earth. The sun came out. Persecutions and afflictions, it withers and goes away. You cannot fake endurance. He's approved by endurance in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 12. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. One of the marks of God's men is endurance. And Paul listed here twice in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. 1 Timothy 6, 11. Paul says, But thou, O man of God, he's speaking to Timothy, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, endurance, meekness. He goes on and says, Fight the good fight. Don't quit, Timothy. Keep going to the end. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse 10, but thou, he's speaking of his testimony to Titus, he says, thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, endurance. What an example. Paul is a great example of endurance. Very next verse in Titus chapter 2 and verse 2, what is the instructions for aged men? Keep going. Don't quit. Paul tells Titus, Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. What do younger people do? They look to the older people for leadership. What do older people need to do? Stay the course. Stay the course. Endure to the end. Be an example of patience, of endurance. Endurance is a testimony. It is the testimony of true believers. Again, you cannot fake enduring faith. It's the testimony of true believers in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. As Paul is greeting the believers... 
He says, I remember without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. They are enduring faith. It was a characteristic of these believers. In the very next book, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, he was rejoicing in their testimony. Verse 3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or fitting, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience, your endurance, and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Oh, if you heard about the Thessalonians, let me just tell you something. Let me tell you about those Thessalonians. And as Paul would go from church to church, he would recount their testimony. They've been faithful in persecutions and afflictions. Be encouraged. Let me tell you what's going on at the church at Thessalonica. And they were an encouragement to other churches and other believers. Endurance is the testimony of true believers. We even see this in the book of Revelation. Right in the beginning of the book, as those seven churches are addressed. Let me just read you a couple of verses in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. These are the words of Jesus. And in Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, He's writing to the church at Ephesus. And He says this, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience. And for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. What a testimony. Church at Ephesus. He goes on. Verse 19. With the church of Thyatira, he says, I know thy works and thy charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. And then in chapter 3 and verse 10, as he speaks to the church at Philadelphia, he says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them which dwell upon the earth. There's a testimony of true believers. And what's common in all of them is their patience, their endurance, enduring faith. Enduring faith. It's a characteristic and the testimony of true believers. But as we saw there in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36, we also see it in verse 35, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Verse 36, For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Folks, let me encourage you, endurance is always rewarded. Endurance, patience is always rewarded. Always, always rewarded without fail. Enduring faith is always rewarded. In Romans, let me just give you a few passages here, and these are really 
um, spoke to me as I looked at them. Romans chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. He's speaking here of judgment. Speaking of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality. What are they rewarded? Eternal life. That's the reward of enduring faith. It is salvation. It is final salvation. It is eternal life. Go on. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 5. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. What are we waiting for? What is the what is our patient enduring for? We're waiting for Christ. We're looking for Him. James chapter 1 and verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Blessed is the man that endures the test. For when he is tried, he shall receive what? The crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. There's a crown. There's reward. Our endurance will be rewarded. Look at James chapter 5. And again, he uses an Old Testament illustration for our benefit. James 5.11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Happy which endure. Blessed. And lo and behold, look who he uses as an example of endurance. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. Oh, that guy. Uh huh. Job. Think about endurance. Think about Job. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. And look how he finishes the verse, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. What do you remember about Job? Remember Job? Here's Job. Just plain old Job. There he was, minding his own business, Loving God, going about his daily life, praying for his children, blessing the Lord, and all of a sudden out of the blue. I mean, and he was blessed. The guy had lots of cattle. He was a very wealthy man. Things are going well for Job. And all of a sudden out of the blue, he lost all his cattle in one day. They're stolen. And his servants came in and said, Job, this band of robbers came in and just stole your herds and they're, they're gone. And somebody else came in, hey, Job, the sheep, they're stolen, the camels. The... 
and gets into his accounting program and looks and says, boy, we're down to zero. You talk about a, a stock crash. There it was. Well, at the end of the day, Job looked at his books and yeah, his stocks were gone, but he said, bless the Lord. God is faithful. Well, the next day, all his kids were killed. One day, all his children. You think about that. All his children. Think about your children. What would you do? All his children in one day, dead. Killed. There he was. Lost all his wealth. Now he's lost his children. Job, you are poor indeed. What did Job do? Bless the Lord. He did what? He blessed the Lord. So, you know, I, I came into this world with nothing. I'll go out with nothing. But bless God. Well, you know, it didn't end there. Satan came in the presence of God again. God says, you've seen my servant Job. Look what you're doing to him. I let you do it, but he hasn't cursed me. He has faithfully endured. He is faithful. You see that, Satan? Look at that. Satan said, yeah, touch his life. He'll curse you to your face. God says, all right, I'll let you touch him, but you can't kill him. Job didn't know all that. Job, he's grieving. He's lost his family. Lost all his wealth. <clears throat> but then he comes down with horrible, horrible sores all over his body that aren't going away and are getting worse. He can't even stay in his house. He's outside. He's finding pieces of broken pottery just to, to scrape off the pustulating wounds all over his body and he's just in agony and pain. And his wife comes out and sees him and says, you know, Job, you're a miserable wretch. Why don't you just curse God and die? Get it over with. Just why do you, why do you remain faithful? Job looked at his wife and says, you know, we are not God's fair weather friends here. The Lord gives and the Lord can take away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And what do we see in the book of Job? We see his endurance. And may I remind you that that endurance comes from the power of God. The story of Job is not just the story of a man of great faith. It is a man who was upheld by the strength of a great God. But the greatest part of Job is the last chapter. And you have heard of the endurance of Job and you have seen the end of the Lord. You've seen what God does. God just didn't let Job waste away to nothing and die. What happened? God turned the captivity of Job and he blessed Job. He healed him. He gave him more children. He restored wealth to him. Why? Because God is very pitiful. He has pity on his children. 
He is of tender mercy. God is merciful. And though He tries us and though He allows testing to come into our lives, it is for our benefit. It is to strengthen our faith so that we will endure to the end. Listen, folks, we don't know what storms are coming, but we know they are. Will your faith endure to the end? Or you are going to drop out and fall by the wayside when the going gets rough. This is what the writer of Hebrews is encouraging the people with, these testimonies, because he comes over to chapter 12, and, they, and, and they've been fighting against you know, trials, but he says of their trials, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. They'd had their goods confiscated. We see that back in chapter 10. Reproaches and afflictions, they've been made fun of. They've been made a gazing stock. They've been set up as objects of ridicule in their society and in their culture. But at this point, they had not yet resisted unto blood. They'd not shed their blood yet. They'd not died. And he wants to encourage them to be faithful. Enduring faith. Endurance is always rewarded because God is the one who is watching. He is the one who settles the score. Of course, Jesus Christ is our example. Paul was a great example, but Jesus Christ is our ultimate example of endurance. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, I'll begin with verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, and who is he referring to? He's referring to all those who've already finished the course, all those who've already endured to the end. They're there. They exist. They made it, and they're watching. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses who can give testimony to this, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. But he goes on, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who began it, the one who established it and the one who has completed the faith. He is the author and the finisher of our faith, looking unto Him who for the joy that was set before Him endured. Endured what? Endured the cross, despising the shame, and has been rewarded and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, for consider Him. Consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You ever get discouraged? Look at Jesus. You ever get down? Look at Jesus. Do not be weary. Do not faint in your minds. Look what He has done. Look at the contradiction of sinners against himself. You read back through the Gospels and look what Jesus endured from the society in which he lived, from the leaders of the culture, from all of those people 
wanting him to be destroyed, trying to trap his every word. Can you imagine if every day you went to work, someone was just sitting there right next to you all day long, listening to every word and writing it down to see if they could just catch you say one wrong thing. Just to be able to say, gotcha. That's the way Jesus spent his earthly ministry. Revelation 1, verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Here's his introduction to his epistle. Of course, we know that John was the only disciple of our Lord who died a natural death, died of old age. But not after, not but after he'd been dipped in boiling oil and survived and then was banished to the Isle of Patmos and lived there as a exile the rest of his life. He says, I am your brother, and I am a companion in tribulation in the kingdom, and the endurance of Jesus Christ. Listen, are you a companion of the patience of Jesus? Let me tell you, Jesus Christ's patience, His endurance encourages and inspires our endurance. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18 for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor or to encourage, to bolster, to strengthen, to uphold them that are tempted. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, he has finished the faith, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He endured. He endured successfully without sin. And then Hebrews 12, 3, the verse we just looked at. Consider him. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Consider him. Do you have enduring faith? Will your faith last? If you're a true believer, yes, it will. But let me remind you, you have need of patience. You have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. What do we have to endure? There's all kinds of things that we have to endure as believers. Persecution. So I haven't had much of that. Don't worry, your time's coming. Temptations. 
doubts, suffering, ridicule, deprivation, rejection, worldly distractions, fear, disappointment, all of these things militate against your faith and try to get you to quit. But we must endure to the end. And that is called the perseverance of the saints. It's the preservation of God. It is His strength. There are a lot of points in this message. But let me just reiterate, faith requires endurance. Trials produce endurance. Endurance comes from divine power. And the Word of God is essential to our developing endurance. The endurance of others who've gone before us encourages our endurance. Endurance is a characteristic of God's ministers and of God's people. It's the testimony of true believers. But endurance is always rewarded. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Jesus Christ is our example of endurance, and His endurance encourages our endurance. Examine yourself. Make sure you're in the faith. Because He says here at the end of Hebrews chapter 10, the just the righteous, those whom God has declared to be righteous, those who are His, shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, if any man quit the course, God says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But I love the last verse of chapter 10. He's speaking to believers. And what does he say? We are not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction. That's not us. We are of them who believe to the saving of the soul. That's the reward. That's the promise. Endure to the end. Do you have enduring faith? Do you have the faith that endures? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the passage that was before us. And truly, as the writer has said, we have need of patience. And after we have done the will of God, we might receive the promise. Patience is required for obedience, and obedience is the outworking of our faith. Father, we, in, we depend upon you for strength. And Lord, that enduring faith, Lord, that it might be worked in each one of us, that we would persevere to the end. Lord, that we would be in your word, that we be encouraged by the testimony of those who've gone before us, that we be encouraged by the example of Christ, and that in turn our 
endurance and our patience would be an encouragement to those believers all around us. Lord, we pray this to the glory of God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.